0: Okay. Should be good. Okay. Okay. Hi everybody. Hi everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time, Dead
1: Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about it that week. Why is
0: that, Sarah? Because it's our show and, and it's not, not yours. yours. That was beautiful. Done. Perfect. The end. Great. This has been Dead Time Stories.
1: A weekly podcast. There it is. That's our new bit. Um, if this is your first time listening to the
0: show. Stop. stop. Go back to the beginning. So back and start from the beginning. This Thank is not you. a show
1: that you just want to come in.
0: You really you don't need to
1: go on the journey with us. You need to get to know us. You need to get to know the show. You need to get to know the heartbreak,
0: the disappointment
1: of coming to love the show and then here and realizing it it's
0: it's now this. So we definitely wizarding. have a through line through all of our stuff. <laughs> We're trying to defeat the evil wizard. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's happening.
1: We just it's really just because we fucking said so.
0: So stop. Okay, and go Just back to, and
1: listen from the beginning.
0: It's our power trip. Just let us have this, okay? Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome and back. Hey
1: everybody who's been who's already caught up, you know, and
0: is here. so sick of this bullshit and ready for us to no, drop it. They love it. Drop it, no it as fast as we to stop. Drop it as fast as we dropped the fetish five. First of all, that didn't get
1: dropped
0: <laughs> quickly, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, why don't you suck on a big old bag of dicks? Is that a fetish? Tell me, what's it called?
1: It's called the big old bag of
0: dicks fetish. Bag of Dickingtons?
1: Actually, they call it hair, They call it
0: headensphilia. It's named after you. If <laughs> you're going to make a joke about like giving head, I already heard it throughout my whole life. Oh, I'm sure you did. Usually while I was giving
1: head. yeah. They were like, this is why they call you that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Bleh. <laughs> Not because your dick is big, but because that joke is a Because that stupid. joke is awful. Get out of my house. Blech. Get out of my mouth and get out of my house. Get out of my mouth, get out of my house. Lose my number. <laughs> Lose my number. Kill yourself. <laughs> don't, don't say that to anyone.
0: Don't say that to anybody. And it's awful how much that makes me laugh. It's really it's terrible. Bad. I always say it because it
1: makes you laugh, and I'm like, it's so it's awful. It's because
0: it's so bad that I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> it's so awful. Oh, man. Whew. Everybody,
1: Sarah, how was your birthday? <laughs> You're right. You're right. this episode comes out after your birthday. I don't know. I'm not ready. We, uh, yeah, we're going to go to Six Flags. By the time you listen to this, we will have already written Six Flags. We will have written. And hopefully also the Black Girl Magic Juneteenth show starring Vinchelle. Oh,
0: we would have had a big day full of just roller coasters and screaming, and we will sleep very hard Saturday we're night. We're going
1: to drink, and we're going to yell at white men.
0: <laughs> that's Six Flags.
1: Like, that's going to be Six Flags. Yeah.
0: And they're going to kick us out. And we're going to be like, get out. This is my space now. And they're going to be like, no, ma'am. No, you guys, are you drunk? You need to leave.
1: And yeah, I'm trying to figure out which which liquor we're going to sneak in in my titties this time. Last time it was vodka.
0: Vodka's always a good choice because it goes with everything. I feel like But it, so does, um.
1: I feel that way about rum. Rum, coconut yeah, like, rum, rum, like, would rum would go with everything. Goes with everything, yeah. We have time. We have we'll time. figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out by the time we go. Yeah, I don't know. It's but crazy. We've already made that decision and it's already happened by the time that you are listening to this. It I was a great thinking, time, you know. It was a great time. It was Lots great. Of fun. a great time. Lots I of fun. I grew up on King Dakar. I blacked out. Not because of the drinking, but because I hate that ride. <laughs> we're going to ride it three times. And we felt like we rode it the first time and it went back. Oh, no. I don't want to put that out in the universe.
0: <laughs> we say things on this show and then they happen. I we're don't want to say that and then actually We're going to get to Six Legs that day and it's going to be one of the really slow days where they're like, if you just want to stay on the ride, you don't even have to get off and yeah, walk we'll back through and again. we'll just sit and we'll do it three times in a oh. row. So and King you're going to have to do it because I already said it. And I'm going to be like, you yeah, have to I'm do it now. It. I'll be like, this, I'll sit out with Marianne. I'm going to pull the, the sh- It's My Birthday card. Um, I, <laughs> don't, be a little, don't be a little bitch. It's my birthday. Uh,
1: King Dakar, if you're not familiar with it, is a roller coaster at Six Flags here in, well, not here. No, but in,
0: Jersey. Yeah, but in Jersey.
1: In Six Flags over New Jersey.
0: There's a roller no, coaster. No, it's called Six Flags Great Adventure. There, I call them over wherever the fuck they are. That's wrong. <laughs> it's only over Texas. That's the only one. Look at her. You can't only this podcast.
1: Only, um,
0: but <laughs> we're
1: going to Six Flags, and there's a roller coaster called King Dakotah, and it is a short ride because it's not one of those like it doesn't do a lot. It just shoots you up like eighty fucking miles an hour up to this arch. That's a very tight arch. And it sits there for a second and then rolls down and that's the end of the ride. Um, But it is fucking high. It is really high up. I'm not looking it up right now, but I mean, it is like Ah. one of the tallest roller coasters I've ever been on. It's terrifying. Ah. Sarah's loving it. Um, Ah. I rode it with them and I was like, I shouldn't open my eyes. And at the top, I opened my eyes and I fully regretted it. And then uh, we went down. But one of the things they tell you about this ride is that sometimes this happens. There's not anything wrong. You're not going to die. So don't panic but I will still panic sometimes when they shoot you up, cause that initial launch like shoots you up onto the top of the arch. Sometimes what happens is you get to the top of the arch and you don't quite have enough momentum to go forward. And the roller coaster will actually fall backward,
0: <laughs> back to the beginning. And then they shoot you, you up again.
1: again. That's how
0: we're gonna write it three times. We were, is it's gonna take us three we tries? we Wrote it
1: last time, you know, a few years ago. Like that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But of course, the whole time, everybody in line is like, "I hope, I hope it happens. happens. I hope, I hope it, happens. it stops, and we fall backwards." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ! Please don't do this." Stephanie's like,
0: "Why am I here? Why did I come?" With and these I people? like
1: roller coasters, but I like going upside down. I yeah. like flipping. I like the spirally fun parts of the roller coasters. I'm I don't so like the being just. I don't like to just be up high and then drop. I'm Those so are excited. The kinds of rides I really hate and it's one of those
0: at the beginning of the pandemic for whatever reason maybe it's because I knew out of all the things you couldn't do you definitely could not go to an amusement park but all I wanted to do was ride a roller coaster and so when I knew that it was going to be my birthday and that we were going to be vaccinated and now things are open I'm like I want to just ride roller coasters all day fucking nobody there (laughs) I hope there's nobody there We'll see
1: what happens. We'll see.
0: I already bought my ticket, so I'm ready. Oh,
1: yeah. We should do that.
0: You definitely should because they're like $40 cheaper than if you buy them at the door. You tell us
1: that, yes. And we need to formulate our plan about the carpooling situation.
0: We'll talk after. But that's for... We'll talk offline. That's for offline. (laughs) So that's what we did last weekend, but now we're here
1: and we're so excited we're ready to do our fucking episode you bitches yeah we are I mean but we're not back we're doing it so that we can go away and take you know this is what we do this is it I mean you know what's up you know what's up All right, that's it I'm done with that
0: hey Sarah hey Stephanie
1: hey Hey,
0: Leslie y'all ready ready to talk about about some ghosts y'all ready to talk about some ghosts Sarah, are you talking about a ghost this week? I'm not talking about a ghost. That's okay. What are you talking about? So this week I've got two things for you. My story is going to be a story about the Georgia Guidestones. Okay. But first, I'm going to give you an update on the Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell saga. Yes! So if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see that I do continually post big updates. There was a very big update that happened at the end of last month. But I figured there have been a lot of updates, a lot of things going on. So I thought I would just give a recap. And I, because this is such an ongoing case, and because it's such an awful fucking thing that happened, and because I am just in it, I will probably continue to give updates as things happen. But right now, we're going to talk about it. So on May 25th, Lori and Chad were charged with First-degree murder for the murder of Tylee Ryan. Fuck yes. They were charged with first-degree murder for the murder of J.J. Vallow. Yes. They were charged with conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and grand theft by deception for both of the children, Tylee and J.J., and they were both charged with conspiracy to commit first-degree murder for Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife. Chad individually He's charged with first-degree murder for Tammy Daybell. He's also charged with insurance fraud for Tammy Daybell. Lori, she's charged with grand theft. And as of May 27th, I believe she is officially charged with conspiracy to commit first-degree murder for Charles Vallow.
1: Damn, yes. Get, him for, get her for him too, bitch.
0: Yep. So, so far for all of his arraignments, Chad has shown up and he has pled not guilty to all counts. He also seems very chill. He's like smiling and like kind of chuckling to himself. I don't know if that's his defense mechanism, but overall it kind of seems and a lot of people in the Reddit group are speculating that he's just not... Taking it seriously? I don't know. It's just very, very odd, both of their behavior. Lori, as of June 8th, she has been determined unfit to stand trial and has been ordered to undergo a 90-day psychiatric treatment. She's trying to pull the I'm crazy card. She is going in for the 90-day treatment. I believe that they... I read that they are going to revisit her case and how she's doing on, like, June 20-something. Later in the month, they're going to relook at it. So, right now, she has not faced her charges. They've continued to say that she's, like, unfit and not mentally stable to really be in court right now. So, they are sending her off. A lot of people hear that and can get worried that, like, oh, my God, is she going to get off on an insanity charge? I don't think that that's going to happen. I do think that it's just her playing the system. And I think that all she's essentially doing is kind of buying time. But so much evidence is coming out. It's not like she's getting out of prison. Like, she's she's still locked away. She's just trying to fucking buy time. Chad will be back in court on June the 23rd for his next round of bullshit. That's essentially where we are with the charges. A few other things have come to light, such as it has been released that they found that Alex, Lori's brother, his cell phone pinged two and a half miles away from Tammy and Chad's house the day that Tammy died. It's all kind of just been speculated and it's believed that Alex was basically Lori's personal hitman it's really believed that Alex and Chad are the ones who committed all the murders we know that Alex did indeed shoot Charles Vallow so it's just sort of believed that Alex was their own personal bodyguard but then we have to remember the day after they exhumed Tammy's body Alex woke up dead they did perform an autopsy and the autopsy for Alex they said came back with natural causes but a lot of people really believe that It was some form of like a poisoning or something that shows up as something else and they didn't think to look for it. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. There are a lot of other players that are coming up and coming to light, such as Melanie, Lori's niece, Melanie Gibb, best friend Melanie. She's been indicted. We don't know what she's been indicted on yet. But there's a chance that more is going to come to light that she knew more than she told police. Yeah. It, there's just so much. The other thing that I find very interesting, and I will be keeping my eye out for when they will release this information, is we do know that they performed an autopsy on Tammy. And they're now charging both Lori and Chad with the conspiracy to murder Tammy. But they have not released the findings from her autopsy report. So I don't know what that thing says, but I'm pretty sure it says something that's going to implicate them Yeah. and show that Tammy didn't just die from a bad coughing fit in her sleep like Chad said. Who knows? These people are awful and I hope that they both get put away and I will continue to keep you all updated on what happens as things move forward and we'll go from there. Them. Fuck them Fuck, them! Fuck them! Ooh, it makes me so angry. On to story number two. New information, new story. It's called the Georgia Guidestones, but it's basically Georgia's own Stonehenge. Let's do it. Did you know there's a Stonehenge in Georgia? I did not. I didn't either. So I got this story emailed to I us. That
1: happened when the devil went down there.
0: You know what? I think the devil himself built it. No one down to Georgia. Because he was gonna give a concert. He was going to give like a, a fiddle, fiddle concert. concert, but then he got bested, and legend has it that the devil hasn't picked up a fiddle since. See, so. I
1: figured that was where they had the fiddle contest, was at Georgia's
0: Stonehenge. I think that he already booked Georgia's Stonehenge, at but then point. as he was like traveling to it, sort of incognito, just getting the lay of the land, See, he saw this guy playing fiddle and was like, let me best you, and then this will be the best way to promo my show down at Stonehenge. Long, Stonehenge
1: said, boy, let me tell you what, and... The part of the song where he draws his rosin across the bow and yeah. it plays an evil hiss. And yes, his band the demons jump joined in. It him. sounds a little something like this. It's because he was traveling I with
0: he, his band. I
1: think he called up the demons and also rose Stonehenge. Like it was at the same time. All it came interesting together, and then that was where they started. Got it. Was the site of the infamous fiddle. If you don't know what we're talking about, that's on you. Google The Devil Went Down to Georgia. He was this looking for only, a stole to steal. Only acceptable if you are not American. Not American. If you're American, you don't know that song. But if you are not you should you should Google it. It's a good song, actually. It's really good. By it the is. Charlie
0: Daniels band? Yep. It is funny every time that comes on, I'm like, oh I do know every single word to this song.
1: Right. Well and to
0: It's like muscle memory.
1: Not to diminish that uh skill of yours, but like <laughs> Three quarters of the song is just fiddle play.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. But there's really no chorus. So it's like there's nothing no repeats. It's just a
1: story. Johnny does his part twice because there's the part where he plays it yeah. to impress the devil. And then he's like, and Get out of here, he's here like, devil. he's like, You thought that was good. Guess what? Now I won this fiddle and I'm going to play it again.
0: <laughs> Find the
1: Mountain Rumble. Run. You should totally. It's a great song. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Devil's in the House of the Rising. Bosh, Stonehenge. Favorite part is, I
1: can't just. <laughs> Devil's House of the Rising, Stonehenge. I can't decide which part I like better.
0: Uh, chicken in the bread pan, picking, picking out dough. dough. Or, or mama, did you dog fight? Uh, no child, does, no. Granny, does your dog, dog bite? Fight. No child, no. <laughs> see, and I thought it was granny, did you dog fight? No child, no. I, see, I, <laughs>
1: granny, does your dog bite? I gotta look this up. Granny, does your dog bite? No child, no.
0: Grant, I you know what, I'm gonna stick. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm gonna stick with my lyric, which is Granny, did you dogfight? <laughs> <laughs> no, child, no. I didn't dogfight. Why are you asking me that? Granny, did you dogfight? No, child, no. <laughs> Y'all Google
1: it. It's a great <laughs> song. If you already are familiar with it, then you're loving this,
0: I hope. It's a it's a great song. People on earth are loving this. Okay. This is not, that's not how this happened. So
1: he raised Stonehenge.
0: From in the dead. Georgia. Yeah.
1: For yeah, the fiddle competition with Johnny.
0: That's my story. All right, Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? <laughs> and Charlie Daniels is there, and he was like, I gotta write a song He was about like, this. I gotta write this down. <laughs> I have to document this history that's happening oh, right in front of me. Oh, he played
1: it a second time, because I didn't get all the notes the first time he played, he showed the devil what he had.
0: The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat <laughs> he laid that golden He'll fiddle on the, the ground at Johnny's, Johnny's feet and Johnny the, said devil just come on back I, if you ever want to try again which
1: version if you're listening to the, the right version I told, I told you once, once you son, son of a, a bitch, bitch I'm the best, best It's ever been but sometimes Johnny. you hear it on the radio and it's I told you once, once you son, you son
0: of a gun, gun.
1: <laughs> yeah man
0: I'm just gonna put that song in right here and, and we're just gonna play the whole song the whole song
1: here you go here you
0: go I'm not gonna. I don't think we're allowed to do that. I feel like that's copyright infringement or something. I Feel something. like it is too. I don't know. I'm we're not buying this now it. For free. <laughs> we sure do. Okay, these are the Georgia guidestones. I don't think the devil was there, but maybe a guy named Johnny was. We were sent this story by a listener who is awesome and has sent me a handful of stories. He's
1: now like, fuck y'all. You didn't even tell you my story, You didn't even tell right? my stupid
0: story, and I've sent you so many. He has sent us a nice handful of stories that I have not covered yet. Don't worry. It's not because I don't like them. It's because... They require a lot of research, and I don't have all the time in the world. But this story is shorter, so I said, great. I want to give it. a Lori Vallow update, and then I can end it with this fun story. So Do this it. is from our listener named Al. Thank you, Al. Al said, I'm going to read verbatim the way he tells the story because he did a really good job of summarizing ready. it. 1979. A well-dressed older gentleman shows up at a stonemason's office in a small town in Georgia. And he says that He's he he re- he says he represents a Q Anonymous group that wants to... Con- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, uh- he says that he represents an anonymous group that wants to commission the construction of a giant granite monolith that contains a series of guidelines for humanity. He calls himself R.C. Christian, but later admits that that's, like, totally a fake name in case you couldn't tell. He was in a
1: bind because he was way behind.
0: He was looking to make a a monolith. (laughs) R.C. Christian admits it's a fictitious name. There are ten instructions that are on this structure. I will read them later. But the first one reads, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Sounds like socialism. (laughs) In Georgia, nonetheless. No wonder he had to be, like, anonymous. The stonemason considers the request to be ludicrous and the gentleman to either be joking or insane. Either way, he's like, this could be a really big job a lot of money, he passes the gentleman off to a local banker to confirm that he does indeed have the funds to pay for this massive project. And as it turns out, R.C. Christian sure does. He has the money. And so this stonemason says, all right. (laughs) Capitalism, baby. All right. I'll do it. Let's go. No one has ever been able to trace the man, R.C. Christian's, true identity, and if the stonemason knows it he's not telling they've never been able to discover to discover the nature of the group that he said he worked with and never were able to discover to discover why he built this people have speculated about it for years some people love it some people hate yeah. it get back to the 10 so The guidelines. The guidelines are there in eight modern languages and four dead ones. And they're carved onto the slabs. Ten guidelines. And it is one, two, three, four, five slabs with a stone on top, making six. But I don't think there's anything written on the top one. The ten instructions read, Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Amen. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. So the Republicans hate it. (laughs) No, I don't know that. The purpose of the inscriptions is not clear. Some people say that it's for establishing the beginnings of a totalitarian tribal government. Some other theorists say that they are satanic from the devil. From when the devil went down to Georgia. And they should be destroyed. Alex Jones. Dark sided. Dark sided. They are not Christian. Alex Jones, who I'm surprised we didn't talk about with QAnon. Uh, But we can't. We he's too much. He has a theory that the stones are calling for the culling of humans. I mean, whatever. Yikes! Not <laughs> only apparently were these stones supposed to give their ten messages, but their arrangement was meant to be like Stonehenge with an astronomical-like device. So they were set with these astro astrological specifications on where they needed to sit. They said that they were so complex... That the stonemason had to retain the services of an astronomer from the University of Georgia to help implement the design. Yeah,
1: he fucking did. The
0: four outer stones were to be oriented based on the limits of the sun's yearly migration. The center column needed two precisely calibrated features— a hole through which the north star would be visible at all times, and a slot that was to align with the position of the rising sun during the solstices and equinoxes. The principal component of the capstone was a 7 8 inch aperture through which a beam of sunlight would pass at noon each day, shining on the center stone to indicate the day of the year. It's just Extra. Extra AF. Extra, extra, extra. And leave then, of course, it. no explanation. They're this extra, this detailed. And then they were just like, I'm going to leave that here. Poof, bye. Do with it what you will. Who knows? They just say, we're never going to find out. Despite the confusion and mystery, the monument has a devoted community with theories dedicated to finding it out. But... Like most conspiracy theories, the quest for the answer will never end. Yeah. And people hate it. People will um, vandalize it and deface it. and it's, Like, get rid
1: of this bullshit.
0: Yeah, they're like, we're over it. This is socialism. Johnny and won
1: the golden fiddle. Get out of here. Leave us alone. Go away. Leave us
0: alone. Trump won. And that's it. That's the Georgia Guidestones. Georgia's own Stonehenge. What a mess. And hopefully, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell are going to go to prison for life. I
1: hope they
0: do, and I hope that she doesn't get out on insanity because she's not insane. She killed her children.
1: She's just a horrible
0: person. Horrible, horrible person. All right, Stefan. I know you're excited about your story. What are you talking? Oh, let me get my pen so I can take notes. What are you talking about? What am I talking about, Sarah? What are you? That's what I just asked
1: you, Sarah. I'm talking about the story of you. Happy birthday. Shut up. (laughs) You're such an idiot. What are you talking about? (laughs) So, this is only as accurate as I could get with the information that you could give me, but I did your natal chart. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was going to read you your natal chart and what it says about you and uh-huh. ask you some reflective questions. Oh, so you're going to read me for Phil. I'm going to read your natal chart for Phil. That's exactly what's going to
0: happen. I can tell you what it says. Regret. <laughs> In the first house. Um... <laughs> Okay, explain it also for me as someone who's not familiar with all yes, of this. Yes, of course.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm just learning it as well. Okay. Uh, so I did Sarah's natal chart. So your natal chart involves where the sun, the moon, and all the planets were when you were born. So it's important to try and nail down the time. Um, so as accurate as I could get with the time that you gave me. So if any of this is inaccurate, I blame it entirely on you giving me the wrong time. Um. No, blame <laughs> Sheila. Blame Sheila. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mom. So the time that I went with was because you told me a little after 6 a.m. That is what
0: she told me verbatim. But she made sure to remind me that it took her 36 hours to push me out. (laughs) So... She was a little fuzzy She's on like, the time. I not remember
1: the exact minute, because, bitch, it was 36 hours It was 36 hours. hours. After yes. it started. Yes. Uh, so this is as accurate as I could get with the information that I have. So Sarah told me that she was born a little after 6 a.m., so the time that I went with was 6.05 a.m. Sure, I like it. But anything that's wrong with this chart, I blame entirely on having the wrong time. <laughs> I just want to make that <laughs> very clear. <laughs>
0: If it was 607, would it be very different? I don't know. I don't know because
1: I didn't look at 607. So. Okay, all right. Listen. So it affects the the planets and the ascendant. Um it doesn't really affect your sun sign, which you know your sun sign. Most people know their sun sign, right? So if you're like, oh, I'm you're a cancer, I'm mm-hmm. a Libra, if you know that you were born in this window of time between October and November, and like you you're know, this. this part of the year, you're this. That's your sun sign. Uh, So the big three are your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. Sometimes people will call it your ascendant, but the rising sign and the ascendant are the same thing. And then we will also talk about your ascendant ruler, which is the planet that rules over your rising sign. So we're Mm going to get into that. It's me. I'm my own planet. We're going to talk about uh, what houses your planets are in. My house. And we are going to talk about your aspects. So aspects are the planets in relation to each other. So it's like, if this planet is this many, if there's any planets that are this many degrees away from this planet, then that's a trine. If they are this many away, then that's a sextile. If they are this many degrees away, it's an, it's a, it's a square. And if it's in the same, uh, house than it is a merger or it's called a conjunct because it's conjunct with this planet. Okay.
0: Okay. All of these remind me, and they are phrases used in the dark crystal. So that's what I'm going to be See, ascribing uh, it to. When I
1: was reading this, uh, even though uh, my moon is not in my seventh house. All I could think was when the moon is in the seventh. It's a line. It's the first line from Aquarius from here. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with my. So I just keep hearing when the moon is in the seventh house. But sadly, neither my moon nor your moon is in the seventh house. Womp womp. (laughs) Oh, womp womp. Um, so I wrote your chart out on my iPad and then you'll see, I also have this book with me, which we'll talk about. It's you were born for this Ast- astrology for radical self-acceptance by Chani Nicholas. You'll see, I have lots of tabs. Oh my God. That's not all about me. The orange tabs are all you. That's a lot of tabs. Now mind you, there's I... only like three tabs that aren't orange. No. Cause my tabs I stacked. So, like the pink tabs, I have all, you'll see they're all in the same area. All my blue tabs are in one area, all my yellow tabs. But the orange tabs are yours. And those were just wherever on the page, like your piece was. Because I highlighted mine, because it's my book.
0: Uh, Anyway. You can rip my tabs out later and be like, not her story.
1: um, The pink ones are to deal with my sun sign. The blue ones are my moon. The yellow are my ascendant. And the orange ones are all. What's wrong with me? Got it. So we're gonna hear uh, how much you relate to any of this information, and some of them, like I would read the reflective questions, and I I would like to journal with them at a later point, my reflective questions. But some of the questions I would read and be like, "Oh, bitch! Like really, it feels like you're being read." Oh no! But if you don't feel that way, it's because you gave me the wrong time. <laughs> I already feel like I'm being read. Happy birthday, Sarah! Oh, good God! <laughs> Thank you. So. The first thing we're going to start with is your son in Cancer, which is in your second house. The houses are something I'm still coming to understand, but what I have learned is that the first house is always wherever your ascendant is sitting. So the ast- you see the signs in a chart, right? You've seen them in a circle where it's like this sits next to this, next to this, next to this. Um, if you can imagine that the houses are like, this is house one, this is house two, this is house three. And the chart outside of that, the ring outside of that, that has all the different signs, that's what rotates. Got it. So if you were born at this time, boom, then your house, your first house is always where your ascendant is and where everything else falls is based on that that first. Great. So that's why your rising sign is is important. Um, So your sun sign has to do with what time of the year were you born? And you know that your sun sign is a cancer. Do I ever. So here is what, so I'm reading directly from this book. If you're interested in doing this work for yourself, it's called You Were Born for This by Chaney Nicholas. And she is, uh, pun unintended, she's an astrologer to the stars. Uh, It's like famous people. So she does like charts for famous people. She literally talks to the stars. This book references the charts of Maya Angelou and Frida Kahlo a lot. And only because she's like, these are two people that we happen to know like what time they were Mm -hmm. born, when they were born, where they were born. Uh, So if you want to look up your chart, what you need to have is you need to know not just your birth date, but you'll need to know the date, where you were born and what time it was if you would like to look up your own chart. Listeners at home. So, Sarah,
0: Hmm.
1: with Sun and Cancer, the Sun, uh, so Cancer is a cardinal sign. We're not going to get into all of that, but (laughs) you also have a lot of things falling either in, uh, you have a lot in the second house and the third house, but there are 12 houses total. And most people don't have something in every house. Yeah. We will talk about what the different houses mean, but you primarily have stuff in the second house, third house, ninth house. Uh, and eighth house and something in the sixth house, but you don't have anything Past in the, the uh, you don't have anything in the fourth, fifth, seventh, tenth, eleventh, or twelfth houses. Uh, I have a ton of shit in the fifth house, like almost all my shit is in the fifth house. Uh, and- so does that mean that like you're a Hufflepuff and I'm a Ravenclaw? It's just kind of like where do your energies your, like, tend house. to lie, right? So uh, I'm gonna read you the sun in Cancer and then the sun in cancer in the second house. So what does it mean for your son to be in cancer? And then what does it mean for your son to be in the second house? It means
0: house? I have a lot of feelings <laughs> done. I did the whole a chart for you. A lot of years are
1: about feelings. Yeah, I'm, I told I'm sure. you.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but so the second house is assets, resources, and self-worth. Your first house, which again, your rising sign is always in your first house. It's what determines what is in what house. Um, So, your rising sign is in the first house, which everyone's first house is self, appearance, vitality, life, and force. So, everyone has something in the first house. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. But um, it's like, what leads you? Like, what? From there. So, the sun is kind of like your outward personality. The moon kind of like is your needs. And then the ascendant is like what controls your life. (laughs) Oof, okay. Oh, no. So, Sun in Cancer. In this cardinal water sign that initiates us into the feeling realm, the Sun is an unassumingly potent emotional force. True to its mascot, the crab, Cancer scuttles sideways away from confrontation. Moody as the tides it rides, however, a crab backed into a corner will come out snapping and hold on to whatever it can. Your Sun in Cancer holds all memory. Cancer is the primordial waters of creation, the womb of humanity that carries with it our entire human story and every feeling we've had about it. If you have the sun in Cancer, your waters run deep. (laughs) Cancer is known to be the most caring, nurturing sign in the zodiac. When you love someone, they'll know it. Your sun shines through when forming emotional bonds with others. Water signs are reflective. Ruled by the moon, cancer's job is to mirror the light of others. Like a parent or caregiver, you are always sensing what others need to hear, know, or receive as support. Your son in cancer wants to create spaces where bonding can occur. Unafraid of intense emotional experiences, your son in this water sign may need you to purify yourself from the impact of the emotional residue you unassumingly soak up. Old resentments poison your waters. (laughs) Lord, do they ever. <laughs> a, regular, a regular therapeutic flushing out of the psychological system helps you feel more vital and alive. This is why you need to do LSD. Your son in cancer is exceptionally good at intuiting and meeting the needs of others. A natural caretaker, your son in cancer, might hold on to an emotional slight, but it will also remember your loved one's favorite restaurant, movie, or teacher from high school. <coughs> Excuse me. Cancer is as changeable as the moon that rules it. When distorted, your son in Cancer can become a personality that is known for its moody, melancholy ways. Morbidly defensive and attached to the past, your son in Cancer can easily swing between martyrdom and irritability when too much care goes out and not enough comes back in. As a crab, you can develop too hard a shell, a good defense for your tender underbelly, but one that can lead to isolation. With this placement, you'll need to find ways to honor the strength of your vulnerability while developing the healthy boundaries necessary for living a life connected to other messy, loving, and changeable humans. Affirmations for you to say to yourself, right?
0: Care. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> look in the, just look in the mirror and say, "It's your fault." That's Kill what yourself. I do. Is that not <laughs> don't say that,
1: please, please don't say that to yourself. <sighs> Affirmations. Yeah. Care is my greatest currency. Feelings are not facts, but they carry within them kernels of truth that I am dedicated to uncovering. I don't know if I'm. <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> Reflection questions. Where do you feel? And you, I would, I'd like you to answer them, but you don't have to answer them. I mean, they're also just like kind of food for thought. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But
0: think of that Am like I going to cry
1: by the end of this? I mean, you might. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you feel that your emotional power is most appreciated and put to good use? These are also just food for thought. And, but I, you don't necessarily have to answer them. I'd like to know if you're like, "That resonates with me," or you're like, "Yeah, no. Really. I'm just
0: like the first thing that comes to my mind, and this is what it said is it's just like my friendship, like the yeah. relationships I have with the people closest to me. Who do you let take care of you? god,
1: god. <laughs> I'm sorry Like <laughs> go like god like go like god I don't know maybe lush cosmetics Ooh. like a bath bomb is developing emotional bonds or initiating others into feeling their emotions tied to your life's purpose if not are you known as someone who is attuned to the feeling realm and that is a central part of your identity how does that influence
0: others around you the second one, it's not like my goal, but it's, I mean, I said it outright. I know that I have a lot of feelings and I definitely feel like I'm someone who can sense others' feelings almost to a fault. I read into things too much. Ooh, I get that. Too much.
1: So now we're going to talk about the sun being in the second house and what does that mean for you? Okay. The second house represents our possessions, our money, our worth, and our property. Ugh, it's going to tell me I'm poor. (laughs) If you have the sun in the second house, income, financial resources, property, self-worth, and work are critical to your self-development. This is how you feel about your self-development. Yeah, no, I need more money to (laughs) self-develop. With this placement, you'll need to find work that allows you to shine, take up space, and come into your potential. Your identity is an asset that helps you support yourself. One of the greatest challenges most of us face is finding ways to make an income that doesn't cause greater harm to our world or ourselves. Capitalism flourishes when others and the earth are exploited. Understanding your identity through how you choose to engage, disrupt, or reinvent the exchange of labor and goods may be central to the themes in your life. The kind of work you do will depend in part on the sign your son is in, but no matter the sign developing yourself through how and where you make a living is critical this doesn't mean you do or don't have to make have to make a lot of money it doesn't mean you do or don't have an easy time supporting yourself it only points to the area of life where you must learn to take up space in your own way and in doing so understand who you are and what your potential is okay <laughs> you told me a little after 6 am <laughs> Where in your work life do you feel capable, confident, and purposeful?
0: That's true. I definitely feel like that's something that I'm just now coming into my own with like, the job that I have right now. Like, Do you, do you pride yourself on the work that you do? Like, I do, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And anything that I do, especially with theater work, too, it has to be very purposeful. Which
1: of your own signs qualities do you most want to express in how you make a living?
0: Well, I'm an actor. So probably my feelings, I mean, I make a living off of portraying feelings, even if I don't feel them in that moment. Yeah. I just wish I made a living off of it. Right.
1: How is a part of your life's purpose lived out and expressed via your relationship to your
0: assets, talents, and resources? Well, it makes me happy when I have money. Uh, So having assets. No, I I definitely feel like being someone, and you probably feel this too, but being someone who's empathetic, that having these feelings comes naturally, that I've had so many feelings that I, even while I feel the feelings, I feel like I can evaluate the feelings while I'm feeling the feelings, (laughs) which helps me be a better actor without being method. (laughs) Because fuck method acting. It's not real. So, uh, we're going to
1: talk about the aspects of your sun before we move on to the moon. Okay. So, the aspects, like I said, are planets that lay within a certain degree of your, of your moon. So, we're going to start with your trines. And trines are planets that are 120 degrees apart from your sun. You also have trines for your moon and trines for your ascendant, all that stuff. Okay. Um, so, trines are 120 degrees apart. You have two trines for your moon. Trines are good. Uh, So trines and sextiles are good. Squares and oppositions are challenges. Oh. And and then mergers uh, are conjunct. That's when they're in the same house. And they affect how that planet functions. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the two planets that trine your sun are the moon and Pluto. Um, when you have a trine, why does it go to sextiles first? Oh, yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you have a trine from your sun. You have two trines. You have the moon and Pluto are both trines from your sun. A trine with the moon and the sun creates a harmonious relationship between your soul's purpose and your way of living it out. A trine in Pluto and the Sun creates depth, intensity, and power, and can also help you help you attract influential people. Whoa,
0: maybe we're gonna make a living with this podcast.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I'm like, did I write that right? Um, No, I'm just following my tabs. Uh, You don't have any squares to your sun, but you do have opposition to your sun. Uh, So you have two planets that sit opposite of your sun, and that's Uranus and Neptune. Of course it is. Uranus in (laughs) in an opposition position can bring disruptive life experiences, breakdowns, breakups, traumatic events, and also breakthroughs that change the course of your life something exciting, eccentric, or experimental needs to be integrated into your personality. Neptune <laughs> being in opposition to your sun can challenge you with the experiences that result in a loss of personal boundaries, energy, and vitality. Anxiety, depression, and a loss of direction are common, especially in early life. This is an aspect that can make you want to choose escapism over rea- uh, reasonability. Or sorry, escapism over responsibility fantasy over reality, and illusions over what is in front of you, all as coping mechanisms. Integrating your sensitiv- your sensitivities can, in turn, help you to develop psychic or artistic talents, an understanding of others' pain, and an astute awareness of the interconnectedness of all things.
0: Okay. <laughs> Does that sound accurate or real yeah. to you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, except they're like anxiety, depression, and early life. That's and you're all like, I life, mean, all life. All but okay. life, for sure. <laughs> I guess I experienced it sooner than others.
1: You have one planet in conjunct with your sun, which is Mercury. Mercury is common because Mercury can only be a maximum of 28 degrees away from the sun. This combination can create a clear and consistent channel between your sense of self and the style in which you communicate to the world. Oh, God. And your Mercury, which we'll get back to this, um, this is important all over the place, but you have your Sun in Cancer. Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, which is your ascendant, Um, and we'll get into that, but your Mercury is also in Cancer.
0: So, I'm just like fucked from your ascendant
1: ruler is like what controls how you run. And I'm just like, that also is in something. So, like, that's just extra cancer energy. I'm all cancer.
0: And what's so funny is like June 22nd, depending upon who you talk to, is right on the cusp of whether you're a Gemini or a Cancer. But every time I've read anything about Cancer, I'm like, I'm not a Gemini, I'm a Cancer. Well, and
1: Christina, it's funny because Christina is right on the cusp of Gemini and Taurus. And I think most of the time she identifies more as a Taurus, Mm -hmm. which I could see too, but I totally, I'm like, you fit both. I could see how you have aspects of both of these things. Yeah. Um, Your moon is in Scorpio. Interesting. So let's talk about that. Okay. The moon seeks comfort, stability, and security. It likes to be in a sign that facilitates a sense of grounding and ease. It wants to settle in and celebrate the mundane. Scorpio yawns at such simplicity. Ah! Diva! The, and the, your moon is like your emotional self. Oh, no! Um, it's always meant to be a gaga. A gaga. <laughs> in the intense, extreme, and resilient sign of Scorpio, the moon is in its fall, um, which I have that marked up here. Um, but everything has... Um, A domicile, a detriment, an exaltation, and a fall. Fall is a sign where a planet feels disrespected. Here it will struggle to get on a level playing field, but in that struggle will help us to honor the experience of the outcast. So that's part of your emotional self. You're like, yes! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This doesn't mean that life in and of itself will be difficult, but... You will, uh, but you will be called on to dig deep and transform your pain into purpose. Sarah, I hate that. I'm sorry that you hate that, though. The you mo- when I said yeah, uh, yeah, that you'll be called on to dig your dig deep and transform your pain into purpose, and you like threw your book and you're like, I hate that.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like that's anytime someone's just like, God will never give you a challenge that, that you, can't you can't overcome. overcome. The
1: moon in Scorpio unpacks its soul's purpose in ways that might evoke intense emotions, (laughs) creating bonds with others that are deep, transformative, and possibly possessive at times. Either you are or others are with you. When distorted, this moon can become fixated on maintaining control instead of <laughs> finding ways to compost difficult emotions to allow for new experiences. No, so I, I have like, to I'm control it.
0: That. I'm not, no. I also just like, oh, so this is why I'm. all of my close friends the have dead parents. Reading this book,
1: I feel like, I, yeah, I was reading this book, and I was like, you see me. Like,
0: is it really just written in the stars? Wow, rude. <laughs> like you're like, you, you tend to reach out to other people who have the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, all of my friends have dead dads, <laughs> <I'm> dead parents. <laughs> you have the ability to move through difficulties, work through
1: emotional intensity, and face extreme situations with a greater ease than most. You innately understand all manner of abuses, misfortunes, and difficulties, lending you an incredible depth, sensitivity, and emotional endurance.
0: I don't realize the abuses until it's over, until I'm out of it, and this, then I'm like, "Oh, I think that was gaslighting." This moon may
1: represent a parent who was emotionally powerful, overbearing, manipulative, strong-willed, you better stop. resilient, resourceful, magnetic, or a combination. You better of all stop. Of the above. Because Scorpio deals with death, loss, and transformation, sometimes having the moon in this sign speaks to not only experiencing these issues in childhood, but also having them as a part of your professional
0: interest or expertise. So because I was born on June 22nd at 6 a.m., it meant that the people that I love near me are going to die and I'm going to be fascinated with death.
1: But you're going to be really cool about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make a lot of jokes about it, which means I'm okay. Affirmations. My depth of feeling is a resource that can teach me how to have compassion for others.
0: Unless you're a conservative.
1: (laughs) I honor my intensity. It is a wellspring of creative energy that I can channel in a million different ways.
0: Yeah. Fuck all of my exes who told me I was too much. (laughs) (laughs) I can channel it. Uh, It's deep, right? (laughs) This is like, I was like, am I doing her a favor
1: or am I going to make her mad? (laughs) What helps you to process your more intense emotions? How does your need to maintain control impede your ability to do so? (laughs) Y'all, her face.
0: I don't understand the question (laughs) and and I I won't respond respond to it.
1: it. Are intense emotional experiences part of how you live out your life's purpose?
0: I mean, yeah, but it was forced upon
1: me. I feel that. Did you have a parent or caregiver who had an especially difficult time or who was dishonored or disrespected in some way?
0: Which one?
1: Yeah, all in the
0: stars, Sarah. I'm literally, I'm just like, okay, so that meant because I was born on this day that my dad was going to die.
1: Or maybe at that time. I don't know. It doesn't mean that this is... It's about, it's not about fate necessarily. It's more supposed to be like a blueprint. Like here are sure. some of the, not the exact situations you will deal with, but here's some stuff that's going to get thrown your way. And how you contextualize that is the same with like tarot cards, right? Sure. It's, it's, how, you it's how you apply it. It's how you apply this information. How much, how Got much it. do you put into it? But at the same time, sometimes you read some of these and you're like, but shit, though, really. And some of it, how much of it applies to just anybody who would read that? Yes. Versus like... Because it is, yeah.
0: But this is Sarah's blueprint.
1: <sighs>
0: it's not looking good, y'all. Sarah. It was built on a swamp. It fell into the swamp. Then <laughs> they built another one based on the same <laughs> blueprint. That fell into that was the swamp.
1: swamp. <laughs> that one burned down, then fell into <laughs> the swamp. But yeah. this one... This one! Your moon is in your sixth house. The sixth house is the house of work and health issues. When we struggle through an illness or have chronic pain, we don't have the same kind of energy or ability to do what we want when we want to. Physical discomfort demands that life be lived in a certain way, a way that the world generally makes even more challenging. With your moon in the sixth house, you may be sensitive to or experience issues regarding accessibility, injury, illness, or physical suffering. The sixth house is also the house of work, work habits, and the tools that we have to do the jobs that we must, which can involve livestock and small animals, making this also the house of pets. Aww! Having your moon here can speak to your experience or knowledge of economic injustice and systemic power imbalances in the workplace. The sixth house represents the situations where we aren't in charge, which is neither a positive nor negative in and of itself, but not having full autonomy is a theme of the sixth house. However, what houses like this can teach us about life is invaluable. Not having the kind of access to resources that makes life easy or accessible is a central experience to most people on the planet. In the sixth house, we can learn how to accept the aspects of life we have no power over and redirect our energy toward where we do have agency. Being open to the truth of our lives means being acutely aware of the the precariousness of it. If your moon is in the sixth house, part of your life's purpose may need to be lived out through work-related projects in general. The moon in the sixth house can be soothed by a job well done, being of service, taking care of pets or animals, working through health issues, learning different healing modalities, or understanding illness and its causes. Having your moon here might mean that you have been impacted by a parent, caregiver, or family member's experience of a health issue. This placement may also want to nurture those whom you work with or for.
0: The fuck? Fucking fireworks. Fireworks! Goddamn fireworks.
1: Oh, oh, I hope that doesn't continue right this minute. We're, we're recording a podcast here. Knock it off with the fireworks. <sighs> fucking summer. Having your moon here might mean that you have been impacted by a parent, caregiver, or family member's experience of a health issue. This placement may also want to nurture those whom you work with or for. You may do work that is caretaking, work in the domestic realm, in people's homes, from home, or work that requires emotional labor or emotional intelligence. Hello, actor. Mm -hmm. Since this is the house traditionally associated with slavery (laughs) work that unpacks its history and impact or that addresses human trafficking workers, right rights and fair labor conditions can also be a part of your lived experiences. All right. Reflection questions. (laughs) Do you work with or find meaning in serving those who live with illness, chronic or otherwise? Do you work in ways that promote healing and care for those who experience pain? Does any part of your work involve workers' rights, trafficking, or the modern or historical impact of those things? If so, what about this work are you naturally adept at? What brought you to this work? What keeps you there? How is your mental, emotional, and spiritual health as a result of this work? I
0: don't. I mean, yeah, it's like I act, but that's about it. What I do for my day job is in an office away, specifically away from people.
1: You told Noelle's white ass she couldn't direct that play.
0: <laughs> I sure did. You are right. That is, oh. that is,
1: uh... <sighs> you did tell Noelle it would be inappropriate for her to direct the, the, I am, the women of Curves
0: play. I am learning how to, I am learning more about how to speak out against systemic How to disrupt the system. But I feel like that's not necessarily some, I guess... I don't know. I feel like that's more of a learned, learned, and also from like the people in my life around me that are helping educate me. Sure. As opposed to me being like innately. I mean, I would like to say that I'm innately like those things are bad, but I also was raised in a bubble that whitewashed you have to learn everything. To see
1: your biases and unlearn them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Is part of your life's purpose lived out in your work life in some meaningful way? What does your work help to facilitate for you? Um, my day job helps me feel like I'm in control, which is a theme for cancers, is that we need to have control. And then my acting fulfills my, the emotions.
1: Did a parent or caregiver have a physical issue or have to work excessively in your childhood? What did that experience teach you or give you an understanding of? I mean, I know the answer to this. It's both, 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 right. both <laughs> things for both parents. Both things for both parents. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, uh, you have trines, you have all sorts of aspects for your moon. So shit is sitting in all well, kinds
0: of ways. Oh God, what does that mean? Well,
1: sextiles and trines are good. So your moon sextiles with Uranus and Neptune. Uh, A moon sextiling with Uranus lends innovative insights, a need to shake things up, and a quirky sensibility.
0: (laughs) Ha ha ha! With
1: this aspect, you might need days to be diverse, exciting, and always changing. Yes. A parent or caregiver may have been eccentric or unusual in a way that was inspiring. (laughs) Neptune in sextile to your moon lends you a vivid imagination and a need to experience emotional closeness. This aspect can heighten your intuition and ability to connect with a wide variety of folks. A parent or caregiver may have been creative or ideal in some way. Your trines for your moon are your sun and mercury. Uh, Your sun trining with your moon creates reciprocity between your life's purpose and your way of living it out. All right, so it's good. All right, Mercury creates a talent for connecting with people in an emotional way. A parent or caregiver may have been a good communicator or able to express emotions well. You also have uh, you have squares to your moon. You have and f- that's bad. Squares are they're not called bad; they're called challenges. It's bad. <laughs> So, you have, um, you actually have four planets that square your moon. That explains a lot. <laughs> so, Mars, Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn. Venus can sometimes have difficulty getting its needs met since pleasing people is the biggest problem for this planet. There may be a conflict around a parent or caregiver's need for attention and the kind of nourishment that you received as a child. Your parent or caregiver's beauty or charm may have been more present than their ability to take care of your needs. Squares from Venus aren't harmful but can speak to a discord or disconnect related to beauty or being liked. Mars can be especially painful since it has a tendency to be cruel and piercing. This may indicate a parent who had difficulty controlling their anger and may say something about how the kind of behavior impacted you as a child. This aspect needs an outlet for its anger, energy, and drive, and benefits from activities that are cooling and anti-inflammatory for the body, mind, and spirit. Jupiter can create a need for abundance, overindulgence, and an appetite for emotional experiences. Sometimes a parent was larger than life, exaggerative emotionally or otherwise, or had a big personality that dominated their child's experience. Saturn can create stiffness, heaviness and lethargy in the body or in the emotional system. Depression is a common side effect of a difficult Saturn moon aspect. The parent or caregiver of a person with this aspect may have been overly burdened or unable to give nourishment. You can work with this aspect by being disciplined and finding ways to be kind and compassionate with yourself. <sighs> these were these were pretty pretty
0: pretty 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 thick. <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty spot on.
1: You have nothing in opposition to your moon, so nothing that's directly across from your from your moon. Okay. But Pluto is conjunct with your moon, which means Pluto sits in the same house, but that's a good thing. It's a gift. Oh, okay. All um, right. <laughs> Pluto creates an intense emotional life. You merge with others in powerful ways that can be exhausting or all-consuming. You might have obsessive feelings or have a parent or caregiver who did. You are most likely someone whom others are always coming to with their problems. You have an emotionally charismatic, even a little scary air about you. Um, excuse you, (laughs) you (laughs) ma'am. And you exude power, affecting others in deep and perhaps unconscious ways. Your parent or caregiver may have had experiences where they felt consumed by a situation or another person, and as a result, you may, have, you may not have felt seen or cared for. Your parent may have tried to overtake your personal boundaries, energy, and space, or that may have been their experiences of their own life. Personal power and the use of it become looming
0: themes in these dynamics. <sighs> Tell me about it. I am. From a, oh God. That's why I have Happy to be birthday. in control of everything. <laughs> am I reading you for filth? Yes. Are you learning
1: things though? Do you feel like you're you one have of questions? What am I
0: learning? I'm learning.
1: Maybe you just needed to read your natal chart and take the reflective questions and re-empower yourself. Maybe. Here we go. Which planets I'm are helping sure. your
0: moon? <laughs> Alright, what who's helping me? Uranus, Neptune, yeah, it is. Pluto? Pluto does seem to be helping. Pluto's you, like, you got power. You've got
1: power. It wants you to realize your your self... It wants you to be self-actualized. Sure. Maybe that'll happen now that I'm 30. I don't know. Do you feel they're good graces? Do you ever downplay these gifts or take them for granted? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're fucking talking shit about them all right now. You're like... <laughs>
0: These are all things that are wrong I with me. suck.
1: <laughs> How can you support yourself in making the most of this ease in your chart to live out your full potential? I don't know. It's okay. Let, and also, just let me know if you want me to, like, write Stop. these questions down somewhere. No, I'm not stopping, but... <laughs> <laughs> read your whole chart but like if any of these questions if you're like that really made me think and wanna, i want to i want to do some work on this i'll like you know i get the questions for you mm-hmm. which planets are impeding or challenging your moon is it validating to learn this about your chart how can you support yourself in understanding these challenges as growth edges not immovable obstacles mm. I don't, yeah i don't know what has been validated about your physical and emotional needs that I...
0: Uh, I don't know, though. <laughs> Sarah, you were literally born this way. Stop. <laughs> it. Just like Lady Gaga. Just like Gaga. I was born with crazy, radical emotions and taking things too personally. How can you support yourself
1: in making sure that you are nourished in the ways that you need to be? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what has been validated about the nature of your relationship to a parent? Does this validation give you permission to heal? Does it give you reason to give thanks for a particular parental relationship or to move on from the painful memory of
0: one? Woof.
1: Yeah, right? I was like, some of these questions, you're like,
0: damn. Yeah, that's a uh, hard one.
1: After finishing this section, take care of yourself. Give yourself nourishment. Be kind to your body for the rest of the day. Remember that it is the physical manifestation of your soul's purpose and respect it accordingly. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're not stopping because I'm going to go over your ascendant. Okay. And where the planets are. Okay. Your ascendant, from the time that I have, is in Gemini. (laughs) Gemini is a trickster mischief-maker, magician, salesperson, reporter, and gatherer and giver of information.
0: No, not me who hosts this podcast.
1: That's not me. I could sell a broken wand to a wizard if it wanted to. That's not me. I didn't sell used wedding dresses. Having your ascendant in this mutable air sign means that you'll want to be known for your ability to run relay races around any other news source. One of your great inspirations... Is the exchange of facts, fictions, tidbits, and tantalizing morsels of meaning that you've been able to curate? Gemini has a story to tell everyone it meets.
0: Did y'all hear that? This is literally what I have to do. Your life purpose. You guys have to listen to me. Every ever inquisitive
1: you. Ever inquisitive, you are motivated by the search for intellectual stimulation and social connection. Ugh, acting. Your Gemini ascendant will always try to see the situation from both sides, wanting to be not only comfortable with, but inviting of, contradictions, duality, and paradox. Yep. Charismatic to no end, your powers of persuasion will have you fluttering around the impermeable until you find a sliver of a crack to slip through. (laughs) And they said I was (laughs) manipulative. Your Gemini ascendant may be known for raising more questions than answers. Stasis is never the point. Forever in motion, the sign symbolized by the twins is happier when in dialogue than when cemented in certainty. Gemini rules the arms and hands, as well as the lungs, as every good communicator needs the wind to carry forth its message. Gemini's ruling planet is Mercury who retrogrades three to four times a year journeying into the underworld, changing directions, (laughs) needing to rethink things, reviewing its options, transforming through the process of mental purification. You might find yourself mimicking the journey of your ruling planet. When distorted, your ascendant can appear inconsistent and ungrounded, causing others to doubt your intentions. Affirmations. I am hardwired to exchange what I have with those around me. <laughs> I am as reflective as I am inquisitive. <laughs> Reflection questions. What about this discrimin- uh, what about this description of Gemini resonates with you? What about this description motivates you? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you known for your ability to communicate with others? What inspires you about gathering information and dispersing it in your own way?
0: I don't know. Am I good at communicating with others? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Um, I think so. But if you ask some people, they would say no. How does How does curiosity drive your daily life? Oh, Lord. Are ghosts real? I don't know. Let's find out. That's one thing. So you actually
1: have a lot of gift a- aspects with your ascendant and no challenges.
0: Ooh, is that all that's all good things? Those are all good things. All right, Those all right. All, all right. Give them to me. It's my birthday. Give me my gifts. Before we go into that, <laughs> I'll tell you a little
1: bit about Mercury as your ruler. So there's a
0: lot of Mercury in there. Is that why that's why it's my ruler?
1: Well, there's a lot of Mercury. Everyone has their Mercury somewhere, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have all of our planets somewhere. Mercury is especially important to you because Mercury is what rules Gemini and Gemini is your rising sign. So that is where your ascendant comes from because that is your like purpose and then how it rules your purpose is based on where the ascendant ruler sits and your ascendant ruler, which is Mercury, sits in Cancer.
0: So it still doubles back. It's all still right. I have a lot of feelings and I have to tell you about all of my feelings in an informative way. Mercury as a ruler. When Mercury is
1: the ruler of your ascendant, your life's direction is steered toward being able to communicate, learn, distribute, facilitate, and deliver the information most important to you. The sign that Mercury is in will reveal the distinct style in which you do this The sign that it's in is cancer. Of course. So you do that through your emotions. So I do it through my feelings. You can honor Mercury by making sure that you have as many interesting things to learn as you do to teach. (laughs) Mercury is a planet of duality. Honor this by always taking in and giving out the information that you have acquired. The sign Mercury is in in your chart will tell you the specific style in which to move toward your life's main aim. Remembering that not every planet has the same clarity, strength, or ability in each sign. You will want to know how well the planet that steers the ship of your life can do its job. Below are expectations of Mercury through the signs. Please read the description of your Mercury and answer any questions that resonate with you. And your Mercury, of course, as we discovered, is in Cancer. It's Cancer again. Yes. Um, Which Mercury in Cancer uh, is sensitive and intuitive, although fairly neutral. Mercury in any of these, there are like some signs where it's like really intense, but, um, mercury in any of these signs isn't, which one of your signs being cancer isn't particularly weak or strong. Um, it will of course relay and receive information based on the style of the sign it is in, which with cancer we said is sensitive and intuitive, for example, uh, it's talking about Mercury and Aries, which you're not. Um, but what are, uh, what are you communicating about when you feel most alive, encouraged, or purposeful in your life? What has teaching, writing, or distributing information opened up for you in terms of your life's direction? What are you drawn to learn about? <laughs> do you give yourself permission to do so? Do you take your need for learning seriously? What are you proficient at selling? What does this help you accomplish? Is your Mercury in a strong, challenging, or neutral sign? Yours is in a neutral sign. How does the style of the sign your Mercury is in speak to the ways in which you go about pursuing your life's direction?
0: Neutral. <laughs> <laughs> neutral, but sad about it. <laughs> um, and your,
1: um, your ruler, which is Gemini, uh, is also in your second house, which your sun sign is in your second house. And the second house is the house of money, assets, resources, and self-worth. We all have something to give this world. We all have some way of supporting ourselves. We all have some talent or specific ability to put to use. Our assets help us make our way through the material realm. The second house details these riches. Having the ruler of your ascendant in the second house makes clear that your life's directions needs to move toward developing your resources and learning how to support yourself with them. Money and assets aren't more or less easy to come by with your ruler in the second house. That all depends on the sign that the ruler of your ascendant is in and the aspects made to it. But we know that this is a place you must develop a relationship to in order to feel fully expressed in this life. How do you see your life's purpose as being tied directly to your assets and ability to develop them? What about the nature of the planet that rules your ascendant makes an obvious manifestation in your work? For example, uh, if Mars rules your ascendant and Mars is in your second house, do you engage in work where you have to fight perhaps on behalf of others? Um, You have a double in cancer. So I'm like, do your feelings, does your sensitivity lead you to your, your life's purpose? What about the style of the sign that the planet is in? For example, if the moon rules your ascendant, And the moon is in your second house, it will be in Leo as part of your livelihood house. Blah, 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 blah. We talked about where everything is in relation to other stuff. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to Mercury in the second house, uh, Venus, Mars, and Jupiter are all in Leo in your third house. The third house is. I have to look that one up. The third house is the house of communication, daily rituals, siblings, and extended family. You have um, Saturn is in Aquarius in the ninth house. The ninth house is travel, education, publishing, religion, astrology, and philosophy. And Uranus and Neptune are both in your eighth house, which is the house of death, mental health, and other people's resources. Cool, 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 cool. All right, got it. And then your Pluto is in Scorpio in the sixth house. Which your sixth house is the house of work and health. Got it. Okay. And each of the different planets like does different things too. Like Venus is like, Venus is kind of like how you love. Mars is like how you fight. Jupiter is like how you get things done. Saturn. (laughs) I'm trying to remember like the, let's see. Saturn is the taskmaster. Jupiter is the sage. So Jupiter is more about the knowledge. Saturn is actually accomplishing the information. Uranus is the revolutionary. Uh, Neptune is the dreamer. And Pluto is the transformer. So that's how they function in in your houses. So that is...
0: A lot of information. your
1: your, Your natal chart. You were also born in the first quarter moon... Born under this phase, you will need to challenge yourself to work with and through the crises that often accompany growth. Your life is filled with action, and you'll generally be involved in a great many activities day to day. As the moon gains light, it also gains impact. Born under first quarter, you want to be part of shaping the outcomes of the major events that surround you. If it lacks a sense of urgency, you may be... Uh, You may not be overly interested in a project, person, or situation.
0: That's true. I need to get it done, and I need to get it done now.
1: So that's your natal chart. Happy birthday! Thanks. (laughs) I hope I. No, I was like, it's a lot of yeah, it's it's a lot of information. It's a lot of
0: information, like a lot, a lot to take in.
1: I recommend this book. It's called You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance by Chani Nicholas. That's crazy. Uh, You can find this book. You can also go on her website or you can go on CoStar. There are lots of places where you can get your natal chart for free. Uh, But this book really helps to break down what all the things on my natal chart mean. Because I knew like... I recently learned my sun, moon, and rising, like, within the last two or three years. I always knew my sun. Yeah. But learned my, like, moon and rising sign, but I still was like, I don't really know what that fucking means. Um, but this was a really cool experience for me, yeah. I thought. Um, and if nothing else, just gives you, like, some good contextual questions for you to be like, dang, you read me for filth, Brenda. Yeah. Um, How did you know? But I also, like... I went through and I highlighted sections and I put little tabs in and I want to use a lot of those questions as like journal prompts. Yeah, for, for me, sure. Where I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like hard relate. Let's get um, into this. But if you are interested in doing your natal chart, there are plenty of free resources to actually get your natal chart like given to you. You just need to know date you were your born, info. time you were born and where you were born. And then this book is really great for breaking all that stuff down and explaining what that means
0: to your life. Crazy.
1: Look at you. Look at that. Happy birthday, Sarah. Thanks. I mean, I hope it, I hope it was fun in a way. It was. Like- no, no, no.
0: Yes, yes. No, yeah. But yeah, I... Very uh, good.
1: Yeah, happy birthday.
0: Thanks. Now everyone knows all of my problems. ha, <laughs> ha. All of my issues. We'll go over mine
1: on my birthday. Perfect. But, uh,
0: I hope there was, I don't know,
1: something in here that was like food for thought. Definitely. No, definitely.
0: Um, and yeah, that's it. 100%. That's your chart. Wow. Happy birthday. All right. Well, now I'm 30. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Uh, I want to thank you all for
1: listening to our podcast. I thank hope you, you so had much. A, I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. I think it was I, great. Sarah was intimidated by all the tabs. I was. There were a lot of them. Y'all I'm, can't see it, but there were a lot. It. There are a lot of tabs. A yeah. lot.
0: But again, it
1: was for different... You know, there's all sorts of different shit. You have lots of different aspects that I didn't have. I know. Which are like, you know, this is in relation to this thing. This is because of this and all So of that's death. astrology. I think it's... I just think it's fun. I've been getting more into it recently. Um... But I would also like to clarify I don't really make any life decisions based on this information. Yeah. I just think it's like, it's neat and it's fun to be like, oh, that is so me. And be like, oh, girl, how dare you? Yes. But I like it. Yay. Happy birthday. Thank you. If you want to support our podcast, you can do that by subscribing to our Patreon. We have one, five, ten, and fifteen dollar tiers. You can buy merch from our website, deadtimestorieswithaz.com. You can email us at DeadtimeStories@gmail.com, at And, of course, the best totally free way that you can support our show is by giving us a five-star review on iTunes so other people can find us. Yes. That's it. That's it. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been...
0: Dead Time
1: Stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Karnison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.